Hello, hello, hello everyone and welcome to today's session. As you all know, when we look at ourselves in life, in our journey as mothers, we think about what helps us to go through challenges, things that people thought were impossible. And we get to that point where we see things that are opening doors of possibility to us. Our guest today is an amazing woman who shows us the power of belief, talking about turning impossible to a sea, an ocean of possibilities. So welcome to today's show. It's the Wellbeing for Mothers show where we talk about motherhood, the journey, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We also talk about practical health tips and we have guests that come and share with us their story, their journey, and what they we can do to ensure our holistic well-being of mind, body, soul, and spirit. And like I mentioned before, my amazing guest today is Riona Kelly. She is an amazing lady who I would call the bionic woman. The first time I met her, I said, my goodness, she is awesome. She had a stroke, a spinal stroke, a rare one in 2015 and was paralyzed from her neck down. Despite so much intense therapy, um, she had some issues with mobility and she was working so hard to get this limbs moving. We all know what this can do to you. She was told she would never work again. But her faith and her belief in her abilities and in God put her through that process to the point right now she is using the Kyogo um, device that is being utilized to facilitate her movement and she's empowering people, especially women all over the world. So if ever you have ever thought that, oh my goodness, this is impossible. I'm suffering from this. I don't know where to go. I think this is impossible. I can't live with this. I want you to hear her story. I present to you all, Riona Kelly. Thank you so much, Riona, for calling. What an introduction, honestly, and what a blessing it is to be a part of your show, you know, be a part and speak to your audience. Thank you so much for allowing this time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Riona. So I just, first of all, start by asking you to please tell us about a bit about your journey. I mean, it's fascinating just getting to know a bit about you and I'm sure the audience would like to know a bit more about you. So a lot of people know that the journey really starts for them publicly with the stories that have gone out um, globally on news stations, magazines, newspapers and online articles and online platforms that in 2015 I suffered a very rare spinal stroke. Then my spine went into complete shock. So I had full spinal concussion where from right from the top C1, it just there was nothing. Um I was, my situation was extremely bleak. It was very, it's so rare, spinal stroke, spinal concussion, like two of the rarest things to get in your spine. And I got both of them, a double whammy. But I always say, there's a saying of mine, we save two birds with one stone. And people sometimes don't realize that in the darkest of times, in the bleakest of situations, because we choose our paths and along that path, there are processes that we have to live through. 
But for me, they don't realize that that is literally a message in every mess. There is a blessing for every season. There is a reason why you're going through what you're going through. And if you just island faith, whether people believe in Jesus Christ or not, it, have a little faith in yourself that you are strong enough to come through the season, that this season will not define you. This season, and we've all been through stuff in our life at that one point at the crux where we go, oh, I can't, I literally, I can't do this. And somebody's come in to give that nurturing. Someone, it could be a complete stranger to change that mindset, to give you that drive. Some people sadly lose that battle. They literally live the cycle too many times. They lose that battle. They're scared to push through to that level. And sadly, they take their own lives. And it's so sad that, and that's why I tell my story. I don't I haven't told it all yet. Um, there's an awful lot in my life that I've been through, but that's why I kind of keep it from the basis of where people will understand. Being paralyzed, being told you're never going to walk in. I wasn't supposed to live, let alone walk. So the fact that I was alive was a blessing. And we don't realize how powerful our children can be. I mean, ultimately, they are, can be our saviors. Um, my son was, my eldest son was 16 now. He was eight at the time. When he came around to the side of me in the bed and whispered in my ear, Mommy, I do not care if you spend the rest of your life lying in that bed. Just, Mommy, please don't die. Mommy, please don't leave me. And it was in that moment that I realized their suffering and their pain was so much greater than mine. It was so much, they were so scared they were going to lose their mummy. I wasn't scared that I was going to lose anyone. I was like, I want to go. I can't cope with this. I can't do this. I can't do that. And I'm literally lying there in a bed, more depressed than I've ever been in my life, more struggling than I've ever been in my life. And, and God showed me this blessing that he gave me, this eight-year-old boy. And I realized that all four of my children were feeling the same. They were all scared, but they were getting up every day, regardless of the tidal wave of fear that was hitting them. They were getting up every day, going to school, doing the things they need to do, trying to laugh, trying to joke, trying to be normal. And if they could do that, what was my excuse? Like I had to try. And if I couldn't do it for myself, then I had to try and do it for them. I had to show them how important they were to me, even if they didn't even realize and didn't know. They were my driving force to, to, to stop feeling sorry for myself. And I had all right, bearing in mind, I had all right. Society would say, you had all right to feel sorry for yourself. Did I? Because by me feeling sorry for myself, I wasn't even acknowledging the fear of my children, how scared they were. They went to bed every night and cried and they were petrified and and nobody was there for them. Everybody left when I had my spinal stroke. Friends, family, they lost grandparents, they lost everybody. And I'm thinking, everyone is trying to turn these little kids against their mummy. Everyone is attacking me. At my most vulnerable time in life, I should have had an army of support. My kids should have felt as loved and as safe and being wrapped up in that peace and calmness and that security and surety. And they weren't. And so my kids were being attacked. And I was like, oh, come on, you got to start fighting now, Riona. I, I don't even know how you're going to fight, but you are going to fight. Now, for me, having Jesus to cling on to, literally, like a rafter, I am not letting go. It doesn't make me struggle. Let me tell you what, people think that when Jesus comes in, woo, it's a magical wand and everything's fine and you don't go through that struggle. 
know you do, but what he does is he sees you through it and you come through stronger than you ever thought possible. Ever mm. thought. And if you just you don't even have to have belief, sometimes you just cling on to him, desperation, you just cling on and let him guide you, let him see you through. Because when he's taking the test for you, you pass 100% all the time. You will never lose, you will never fall. And even if you think you're falling, you're not actually falling. So we have journey started. That is amazing. And it's so powerful. That key moment when your son came to say, mommy, do not die. I mean, I, 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 when you said that part, and I want everyone to kind of think about this, when you're going through things and you're, you're feeling like giving up, our children, our best teachers, they show us what is possible. They show us the ability to keep going. And while, of course, we feel we are mothers, you know, we are the leaders, we teach them what to do, but they show us. And I'm so, so thrilled that that moment happened because that was that moment where everything switched. So it's Uh, so, so beautiful. That was the defining moment. And then I was told at six weeks that I would never walk in. They got it wrong. And we've missed some problems at the top of your spine and some, some, you know, the connections from your brain and the signals coming down. Mm -hmm. So people are like, but how can you even move your legs if you're paralyzed? Well, as, as a doctor, as a medical doctor, you know that you could have a hundred people with a spinal cord injury and they will all present differently. Yes. So paralyzed from the top of the neck down who can walk and move and, and they don't look like it, but they're still classed as quadriplegics. That's what they're, that is a medical term for their condition. You can be a functioning quadriplegic, you can be a functioning paraplegic, you can be a functioning tetraplegic. What that function is can differ on so many people. Yes. is a functioning paraplegic. Now, a paraplegic is a lot harder to learn how to walk, to learn how to do things, to learn how to use those lower limbs than it is if you're higher up the spectrum. But for people don't understand, and obviously you will, but it's like having a circuit breaker box. And if you were to stab through that, you wouldn't break all of the connections. Some of them would be, some of them would be trying to fire off desperately and some yeah. of them would be fine. So for me, some of my multifunctional skills, my signals were coming down and I was getting some skill set and I was learning to build upon them. Some of them, but it was all jambled. It was all like hit, miss. Every day was different. Um, some days I think I'd master something. The next day I literally couldn't do it. It was mm-hmm. really weird. And then, but the sensory signals, they were literally, there was a block. They weren't mm-hmm. coming down and trying to learn how to mobilize again without the feeling, without that proprioception, that feedback going to the brain was really, it's not impossible but it's very difficult. It literally takes everything that you possibly have and you can't, you can't have ground, you have groundhog day, day every day. People are oh, you know, this is today a hard day and I feel like yesterday is the same day. Literally, I had that for seven years, groundhog day every day. Every day I still get up and certain things, I could do that yesterday. And my body says, yeah, but I'm tired today. Mm. Sorry, you know, me, when I, when I got, I had a second stroke before mm-hmm. I had a second stroke, I would learn to manage to walk a mile on my AIDS. Um, and then I was absolutely exhausted. I couldn't do any further. So I did that. And then I had a second stroke and I lost everything again. But me even doing a mile and building up to that, 
I couldn't do it independently without AIDS, but doing that with AIDS was exactly the same as you running a marathon. Mm, mm, mm. Every single day, trying to get to a mile every single day, you run a marathon every single day of your life, you won't be able to do it. Yeah, I, I can attest to that, definitely. Um, yes. As you probably would. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. No. just so people wonder why, oh, She's back about, oh, she's exhausted. And then if your lifestyle around you, show me your crowd and I will show you your future. If your lifestyle and you are inviting people into your life that you have red flags about, if you have to, as an individual, question the person that's in your life, they shouldn't be there. Yes. They just shouldn't be there. Whether you, whether you believe that God didn't send them or whether you don't believe in God or I don't understand why people can't believe in God because they believe in good and evil. I don't understand why you just, just be honest and say, I don't want a relationship with him. Don't deny that he exists. Just be honest and say, I don't want a relationship with that person. If you don't want a relationship with Jesus, absolutely fine. That is your choice. But when we go through life and we deny things and we believe things like, Oh my gosh, what the mind believes the body receives. Mm. And the body will do what the mind is believing. And then the body believes it. Then the heart believes it. And what, once that is in your heart, literally, it, it's a total game changer. It takes over your life. And I have not been this super energized, positive, um, transpired, transformational person all my life. I have gone through every single pitfall, every single, you know, all the gaps that come in in life. I've gone through them all. But there is a reason, there is a purpose for going through all of them. And I believe that I literally, when people say to me, oh my gosh, you don't think I'd have got through that. I said, I suffered so that you don't have to. Because if I had a way to guide you through, to get you through, to help you through, surely um, you need to try it. You need to try formula you know someone said oh I've made the perfect recipe for this cake everyone tries that recipe why is it so difficult to try a formula that works and that is proven time and time again the success rates are so high literally nothing can penetrate nothing can change but I've had hardships yeah I've struggles I've had times where I wanted to give up I had times where I wanted to end my life I've gone through miscarriages I've gone through that loss of a child I've gone through seeing my own kids really poorly I've gone through seeing them broken hurt and upset and gosh does it pull on your heartstrings gosh does it try and make you keep hold of I'm a bad parent I'm not doing what I need to do I'm mm. not doing it but unfortunately you have a rite of passage as a child to go through storms. Yes. Job, not to protect them from the storm. That's his job. It's yeah. our job to stay with them. Oh, I love that. It's our job to guide them through the storm. It's our job to shine that light in their darkness. It's our job to fortify their armor yes. to get of kinks that could come in and afflict them, that could come in and cause harm. Mm. They, oh, you can't speak about that to a child. If you speak about the things that need to be spoken and you don't learn to change your language and do it in a very child-friendly way, then 
you're going to set your child up for failure. I'll give you an example. A kid wants to touch everything. If you have a, a Ming vase worth half a million pounds, do you think that child is going to know the difference between your Ming vase and a, a piece of wood? No. Nope. <laughs> no. And so what you do is you teach your child from a very young age. If you don't move stuff and make your, make your home in a way that it, whatever's damaged is damaged and you ha- don't have that mindset to just accept it and you don't literally raise things up so it can't be damaged and you don't teach them value from a very, very young age, then all you're doing is you're teaching them how to make excuses. You're mm-hmm. teaching to you should have moved it the accountability was on you the ownership was on you but what you did was you're not accountable and you're going to blame a child you're going to blame a one-year-old baby you're going to blame a two-year-old you're going to they see fire (laughs) let them get burnt if you protect them from getting burnt they're going to get burnt when they're older and they're not going to have that tool to deal with it because as a child they're so connected in their spirit literally they don't see it as we see it they you but you need to show them things that they need to stay away from, things that are going to hurt them mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. get hurt for them because they don't have feeling that all they do then is feel that you got hurt and feel guilty. Mm. That position. And yeah. as they go, oh my gosh, if I hadn't done that, my mom or my dad or my sister or, my, or, or anybody that I care about wouldn't have got hurt. Yeah. No, let them feel a little bit of pain because you're there to guide, you're there to nurture and you're there to really protect them. But you you have to let them feel, you have to let them experience and you guide them because you have grown up. Yes. You have become an adult. Mm-hmm. And for some people, the concept of that is Julia. Yeah. It's not, you know, and they've never taught themselves. They've never looked at and people need to realize that you don't actually get to be an adult until you're 28 years of age. The brain doesn't fully develop until 28. So when we say 18, you're an adult, uh, you've got another 10 years. You yeah, no- that, <laughs> that like, is so. Don't put so much pressure. Society puts so much pressure. You will be where you need to be at the exact time and the perfect time you're meant to be there for optimal learning, for optimal knowledge, for optimal success in life. You know, the formula that I use can be brought into your family, can be brought into can be brought into corporate life, can yes. be brought into politics, can be brought into society as a whole, can be brought into gangs, brought into prisons. It's it's not difficult when you learn to take full responsibility for self. Don't even worry about anyone else in the situation. Mm. Mm-hmm. Look at yourself, what you did, where you could get it right. When you do that, you have a greater understanding to somebody else's behavior, to someone else's pattern. If you can't teach that to your children, mm. at a very, what was I teaching my kids when I was quitting? Mm. Given, I was literally teaching them that when life throws this at you, you quit. Look, mm. I and so many people go through these battles. Yeah. I've never said we wouldn't have trials and tribulations, but the trials and tribulations weren't supposed to be like that. The trials and tribulations are supposed to be if you want to run a triathlon, if you want to mm-hmm. do a triathlon, that's going to be hard. If you want to climb the highest mountain on the planet, that is going to be hard. If mm-hmm. you want to swim across the Atlantic, it's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. Those are the trials we're supposed to have. When yeah. you look 
someone that you care about. You're not supposed to lose them to murder. You're not supposed to lose them to suicide. You're not supposed to lose them to car accidents and fatalities. You're not supposed to lose them in that way. You're not supposed to lose them to illnesses. There are people who you're supposed to let people live out a long and healthy life. And when this host is decrepit and just that's it, you've done everything you need to do on this playing field, then you pass through. And it's a right that we're supposed to be able to go, I loved them mm. and I'm going to love them, but yes. I'm going to rejoice in the life that they truly live because they lived the life that they were meant to live. They were happy. Yeah. They were at peace. They yeah. were fortified. They were, but if we don't t- teach our children, even if you're not taught yourself, you can get taught, yeah. you know, People don't like going to the Bible for psychology and for self-help. And um, I like to say, the master of it. Like people say to me, um, and, and this is for anyone who, who wants to question whether they believe or not or whether God is real. Um, and we have all sat exams, mm. especially English exams. We've all sat English exams. You've sat medical exams. Mm-hmm. When you sit an exam, you have the author, the creator of said piece that you are reading. And you can't just, if you were to sit that exam and not bring the author and creator and not prove where you got your text from, not give substance, and you were just to do the exam on your own and not actually relate it and correlate it back to where you got your information from and and link it all up, then you would fail. Mm -hmm. You would pass because Mm -hmm. certain requirements that you need. So why... Is it like when people go, I don't want to believe in God, but he is the author. He is the creator. I can back that up time and time again. I can back it up in my life. I can back it up where he's been in my children's lives. Yeah. I can openly say that life is hard. Yeah. It, and it's very interesting what you said about the way we have been putting uh guiding role for our children. My mother used to say something very interesting. She says, you call me mother, you call your dad father, but you see, we are caretakers. We are caretakers. We are supposed to guide you here, but your ultimate guidance comes from God. Your ultimate direction of who you're meant to be comes from above. Because um, from where I come from, we have this, when it comes to children getting older, they tell you what you should be. So either you're a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, or a failure. <laughs> it was it was just spelled out like that. And I think when it came to a point, my parents were quite liberal. They would let you do what you wanted to do. And um, I was called into medicine and I went in that direction. But it was more about what do you want that would work, that you are being guided by God to go to. And I will support you. And that is the kind of guidance we need to start to show our children in our parenting journey. Show them, okay, these are the guiding frameworks, like you mentioned about that vase. Now, what would you do? What are those dangerous things? What are those things to look out for? Where is the guiding light? Show them, teach them the word from early on in life. Don't say, oh, yeah, we're going to wait until they're old enough to understand. These children understand a lot more at their <laughs> than we did when we were their age. <laughs> Honestly, when people say, well, I, 
I don't understand the Bible. And I'm like, well, you won't because you have to believe it to see it. And for me, um, my interpretation of the Bible is best instructions before leaving earth. That is amazing. I love that. Best instructions before leaving earth. Wow. I, I, I think that's one that is definitely tweetable. <laughs> definitely tweetable. That is amazing. And, and you see, in there, you also bring about the, the always this part of belief, belief, belief. And that has been the foundation of your journey. Belief. Even yeah. in that bleak moment, belief. You had the second stroke, belief. You know, it's just beautiful that that belief has been the wings that have taken you from where you started and is taking you through even now as the bionic woman. It's, you know, it's just to nearly have died so many times just over seven years ago. And then to, uh, everything happens for sevens for me. That's, that's where I'm planted. That's where I'm based. Mm. And then to um, literally win the global leading female that the awards got mixed up on the evening, but to actually <laughs> global leading female that is some feat. It doesn't just show um, women. It literally reaches out. It shows women. It shows women who are disabled. It shows all people who are disabled. Mm. It shows mothers. It shows single parents. Mm. That's, but I'm not. I've got Jesus. He's the best father ever. But uh, on this, what people see, single parents. It shows someone who has struggled. It shows someone who has had to overcome hurdles. Mm. It, it literally says your life doesn't define you. Your circumstances doesn't define you. Your situation doesn't define you. Your choices at that moment doesn't define you. Your actions and reactions to things doesn't define you. Your emotional state at that moment in time doesn't define you. You are still the person that God created you to be. You are still the person that God said you are going to be. Of your situation that you're in. But if you allow one of those circumstances to define you, you make it your permanent residence and you stay there and you're fixated there. And if you fixate somewhere, so whatever you're fixated on, your kids will go through it. It's called generational curses. Your children will go through it. If you turn around and say, I will turn out nothing like my mother, I'll turn out nothing like my father, hey ho, you just passed judgment. You're going to turn out like them, whether you like her or not. What you need to say is, I, I thank for what they did. I thank for what they showed me. I thank for the, the knowledge and the guidance that their pitfalls gave me to give me a different direction, to steer me away from that behavior, to steer me away from this behavior, because I know how it affected me. And I will not pass that down to my children. I will mm. Pass that down to my children. I will break that chain now. I will break that suffering now. I will break that affliction now. I will break the cycle and I will not pass it down. The person in front of you has to be more important than the person who is behind you. Ooh. And the person who is behind you are maybe parents, people who have hurt you, scorned you, harmed you. The person who is in front of you is the future. Yes. And that is friends family members that are meant to be there, your children. And even if you're not a parent, 
you are a parent. I, people say to me, yeah, but I never got to have birth. I never got to have my own kids, right? Does your best friend have kids? Well, guess what? You're a parent because you're supposed to have response, be a responsible adult around them. And if your friend trusts you to have their children, to take their children away, to have them overnight, to spend time with them, listen, they are trusting you that you raise a standard and you parent them mm. and, um, as if they were yours and you protect them. So no one can say that because we were created to raise together. You know, when one person struggles, you go to a fam- family member, you go to a friend, you go to an auntie, you go to an uncle, grandma, granddad, help me with my child. Mm-hmm. I can't seem to get a breakthrough. I can, they're, they're absolutely doing my, my, my brain is fried. I need some time out. And you're supposed to have that because we are supposed to work as a team in families, just like you guys have to work as a team from the consultant, from the hierarchy, from the matrons who run the hospitals, from, you know, the lead consultants, the lead head of departments, all the way right down to the cleaning staff. You have to work as a team because if there's a kink in the armour, the care that, 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 that someone else receives is substandard. In a company, in a school, you will have the head of the school who answers to the governing body. You will have the government body who answers to the education body. The education body answers to the government. And the mm. government answers to the man upstairs and they, they get that very misguided. But you have sections, even from the caretaking staff, it has to work harmoniously. If you do not work together as a team in your family and you do not realise that everybody has a purpose, everybody yes. has a role to play, whether it's baby, the baby is supposed to bring you joy and laughter and happiness and solace. Stop thinking about my house is messy. What about the house inside? Mm. What about in yourself? Mm. If that's messy inside, you're going to be angry at the world. You're not going to like the fact that, you know, OCD, be OCD with your child. Mm. Be OCD with nurturing them. Be OCD with their growth, their development. Flip where you have this OCD and get more intimate with them. Don't be thinking, if I put them down, and this is for new mothers, this mm-hmm. honestly, if I put my child down and I'm going to whiz around the house, you're exhausted. Yeah. You're then going to whiz around the house. You are then going to have an argument with someone about how exhausted you are when mm-hmm. actually you shouldn't have laid down because yeah. they're still going to be there and the mess is going to come back. Yeah. You have support. Why are you not asking one of your family members, could you come in and just do it a little bit cleaning for me because I'm really, I'm tired, I need to rest. Don't ask them look after the baby so you can clean when you are exhausted because oh. what you're going to pass that stress on to the baby and Absolutely. then you and this is where postnatal depression comes in mm. it's called resentment of the life you lived and the uh, struggle of being able to deal with your hormones when they go all over the place after having a baby mm. and then they come down properly but you've not got the proper care mm. you've not got the proper support network mm. it is so important as a single parent, if you have gone into or you've first fallen pregnant, however you've got to the circumstance that you're on your own with that child or you're preparing to be on your own with that child, prepare support. Yes. People need to stop thinking that you are a burden because then what you do is your child becomes the burden. Mm. Oh my goodness. Someone else. And if people could break those chains, mm. So much easier. The job parenting will be so much easier. Your children will go through the rite of passage the way they're supposed to go through. Yeah. It'd be a lot less intense because they yes. would be 
of baggage that you didn't even realize you put on them. And then you wouldn't then get guilt thinking, I'm a bad mother. Why are my kids doing this? Why are my kids doing that? You would set boundaries because you have clear boundaries in yourself. And people might, all the way she's talking makes it sound easy. Well, I'd invite you to come spend some time with me and let me show you how easy it is. Mm. I'm passing this information on, then pass the book and just listen to this talk and, and then oh, go and you try and master it on your own. If you're struggling mastering this, if you're struggling dealing with inner trauma, if you're struggling dealing with things that are that you don't even know is there, behaviors mm. you know you've got, if you literally want to be a better self, because when you are your best self, you are the best parent you can be, the best auntie, the best mm. uncle. You are the best colleague. You are the best friend. You are the best sibling. You're the best at everything. Yeah. If you're in a place where you are not that person, I'd invite you to spend some time with me and let me show you. And if you think, oh, she's going to talk about God a lot. But I'm not going to deny who I am. I'm not going to deny what I believe in. But I'm not going to throw it down at someone's neck who is a non-believer at this moment in time, who, who, who hasn't adopted that. What I will is I will show you peace and grace and dignity mm. and focus for yourself that you've never, ever, ever seen before. And it will transpire you to be a better person. That is so beautiful. Uh, and what, what I really, really love, and I know we've gone through quite a bit and everyone who is listening, I think you need to come back and listen to this again. Make sure you are sharing this with other people because many mothers are struggling new mothers. We spoke about them. We spoke about how it is necessary for you to remember that even if in the past you had a traumatic childhood, you had abuse, you had problems, you had challenges, you don't need to pass that button of hatred or pain to your child. You need to start that process of being intentional with your healing, with your well-being, with your ability to be authentically you. When we take ownership, and that's very important, when we take ownership of our health and well-being, it's so key. Our children are watching us. There are many times where you think they're not watching. They are seeing everything we're doing. They are seeing how we are responding in the face of uh, trial. They see whether we are getting ready to quit. (laughs) They see whether we are plowing on. And it's so beautiful when they see you going through that and you're showing them the examples of tenacity, of authenticity, of dignity, of faith and belief. They would, by osmosis, gain that as tools in their own toolkit. We are making them more resilient and they will be able to do better. Now, by the time we're passing the baton over to them, they're like, oh, come on, I'm ready to go. <laughs> you know, it's so good. And I really love that about you. Um, and I just wanted to, I know we're coming close to the end and I know we have to do this again. We definitely <laughs> have to do this again. <laughs> and I just want you to share key points that you want the persons listening to this to take on if they have been struggling or they have been, they're currently going through something that is making them feel like, Oh my goodness, what am I going to do? I don't know where to turn to give them something that would help them 
to shift and transform their mindset from that impossibility to possibility through that tool of belief. Turn a light on. You would never go into a dark room and try and navigate yourself to the other side of a room that you don't know anything in there. You've never been in there before and you do not know any dangers, any problems. I mean, it could be a completely empty room and there's nothing wrong, but your perception will change. Turn a light on. Oh, oh wow. I love that. Find somebody. Someone will be in your life. Don't be talking to everyone because when you talk to everyone, I realize this, I have done this myself. So I have practiced both sides of the coin. When you talk to everyone, you invite so many different opinions. You need to have a hedge of people that you don't need to cut that hedge because they're quite capable of manicuring the garden. They are quite mm. capable of looking after things. And their advice that they're going to give you is coming from a place of love and truth, even if you don't want to hear what they're saying, they're saying it because they want you to grow. They're saying it because they don't want you to stick here. This, they're, they're, whether it's tough love and accountability, mm. making it hard, they are doing right by you. Mm. And you learn to shine a light, sit, breathe, because in labor, the, everyone tells you, don't stop breathing. Because when you breathe, the pain gets worse. It feels more intensified. You start panicking and you can't cope. Breathe in every situation in your life. You will never go through anything as painful as labor, ever, ever, ever. And anyone who tells you this was worse, no, it wasn't. The only thing that could possibly be worse is going through labor and the end product is not a child in your arms. Or you have gone through labor and you've gone through all that pain and you've lived that life and then you lose a child. That, that pain, is the same, but there's no joy at the end of it. And you've got to find some joy. But if you can learn to switch a light on in a dark room, you will learn to see things completely differently. Stop being so hard on yourself. Stop punishing yourself. Stop afflicting pain on yourself for something that somebody else did or something that you did and you don't want to forgive yourself because when you forgive yourself, it frees you. But when you forgive what other people have done, it's not for them. People get forgiveness wrong. Forgiveness is for yourself. And by forgiving, you break a chain. You break, you literally kick it out and it has no power. But you make them accountable as well. And you're not afraid to do it. And you don't do it by nastiness. You do it by complete grace. Just start being a light and just start saying, we all say there's nothing to be afraid. Don't be afraid of the darkness. Not to be afraid. Don't be afraid of the storms that are going to come in your life. You will come through them because you've come through so many. Have that belief that whatever storm you hit, you will come through it. And guess what? When the floods come, look at the blooms that happen after. Look at the freshness that ha happens after. Look what you have, like torrential rainfall. It needs it. The ground needs watering. It needs nutrients, the plants, the trees, the wildlife, it benefits everyone. So let me tell you what, when floods come, hmm. learn to catch the water and learn to set the nutrients right where it needs to go and learn that you are going to be so much better if you embrace, if you don't fear what's coming your way and just embrace it and shine. Oh, wow. That is so, so beautiful. So turn on the lights. You also need to be the light. I hope you're all taking notes because these are awesome gems. 
feel free to come back and listen. Because I know that many of us as moms, when we're listening to this, we're probably doing other things. And uh, we may not have the notes and the journals to journal into. Go come back, listen to this, make those notes and share it. And so, Riona, thank you so much for being such a light. And I would like to share that Riona has a gift for each and every one of us. Um, I'm going to put the link to her special gift for us to connect, to be able to connect with her in the description. And I'll also put her social media platform. So you've got Instagram and you've got TikTok as well. I'll put oh, the link. Oh, my main ones are Instagram and TikTok. And once you find them, it's very easy to find my other platforms. I've got Twitter. I've got um, LinkedIn. I've got Facebook. But once you find one platform, it's very easy to find all of the rest. Fantastic. I'll put all that in the description because Riona is an amazing lady. I had the privilege of meeting her. She received that award and uh, I will be putting that amazing picture which she took. My goodness, that is the bionic woman. So thank you so, so much for coming on today. It's been an absolute pleasure tapping into your wealth of knowledge and experience and also going through this journey and sharing your gems with us. So here we are. We have come to the end of this episode of the Wellbeing for Mothers show. It is where we all come together. We learn about our journeys of motherhood. We get experiences and stories from amazing personalities like we've had today. And we also learn practical well-being health strategies that we can impact and put into our lives. So go ahead, subscribe, share, download. And I see that next time when we have another episode, make sure that you are in tune and you have a listen and let other people know about this. I am Dr. Duni, the mom empowerment coach, family doctor, international speaker, the best-selling author of the book, Every Mom is a Supermom, and your host on the Wellbeing for Mothers show. Until next time, I ask that you stay well.